How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to 19-Year-Old Shrink. This is Will John Grande. Today marks the 98th episode of this podcast, which I've been doing for over two years now, which is crazy. And my original goal for this was to reach 100 episodes and continue until I graduated. So I already graduated, but I haven't hit that 100-episode mark. And I haven't put anything on social media yet, but there will be this episode and the next episode before my final episode with 19-Year-Old Shrink which is a little bittersweet, but I plan on starting a new podcast with with a different platform in the fall. So there will be more, but a different format. But I wanted to touch on this topic for today before ending the show. And that is the idea of college being over and that question of what is next? And that question, every person is asked after graduating. You can almost see it coming. Do you have any plans? The dreaded question. And it's almost just assumed at this point that you will be asked it by anyone that finds out that you just graduated. And I could almost ask for myself whenever I tell someone that I just graduated and fill in the blanks for what they're gonna say next. And for some people, you have it all figured out, which is great. For others, you have no idea what you wanna do. And then there's other people that might fall into that category, which is you know what you're doing next, but might be a little uncomfortable sharing it with others because it's not the quote unquote traditional path. But what is? (laughs) Considering I've devoted almost three years to working on this podcast, for me, I've become even more passionate about self-development and honestly learning how to improve different areas of life for different people. Something that's intrigued me has been going into life coaching for young individuals in their 20s and 30s. So just so you get a little background on what life coaching is, I've gotten that question a good amount. Life coaching focuses much of its work on goal setting for different areas of one's life and for creating that vision for those different areas. So let's say, do you want to hit a specific nutritional goal? Do you want to hit a financial goal? What type of people do you want to surround yourself with? And then starting to reverse engineer from there. And then I also want to go into people management consulting with different companies and businesses focused around building morale within a work setting and also learning how to understand individual differences later. And my dad showed me this really cool thing a couple days ago, and I always knew I wanted to go into something like that. But his kind of revealing of this platform definitely solidified that in me. So going back to what I was going to say, and what I'm going to do to pay the bills is just caddy on the side. So essentially, I'll be working at building my own business. And when getting interviewed for different jobs, you might have had this experience for yourself. Sometimes you might not feel super excited about the position, but you're like, it's a job, I'll make money, and then go from there. And for me, I was going through this process, and I didn't necessarily feel very excited by a lot of the jobs I was interviewing for. And because this idea of starting my own company and building that out, came into my head, I became really excited and I realized that this is what brought me the most excitement. But it's not the traditional path of finding a starting job. And when people ask that question about what's next, I would get uncomfortable. Because a lot of times people are like, get that nine to five job, get yourself established before you do anything risky. So I'll give you a perfect example of where I messed up. This might be similar to where you're at or where you might have said something that didn't seem so confident in what you're doing next. And that's totally okay for yourself. But I was caddying for my dad 
just the other day. <laughs> and one of the guys in the group asked me what my plans were for after school. And I knew deep down what my heart wanted so well. But I was afraid of being judged by this 60-year-old dude. And he was a really nice guy. And I don't even know if he's judgmental. But I was worried he was going to say things like in his head, who the hell does this 21-year-old kid think he is wanting to become a life coach when he has so much life in front of him and he hasn't gained that much experience? So that feeling of imposter syndrome started to set in. Am I really right for the cut for being a life coach right now in my life? All of these different doubts started running through my head. And when I said what I was going to do, I was like, I'll probably just travel a little bit and I'm still figuring it out, you know, like anyone is. And my dad watched me fumble around and say this. And he was like, that was weak, Will. <laughs> you sounded almost defeated there. You know what you want to do. Why didn't you say it? And the honest answer is that people have started to, you know, question me and started to not understand what I really want to go down. Or they've just asked clarifying questions. And I kind of got rattled by that. And I received some judgment recently. And I was worried that I would get the same treatment when that guy asked me again. And I was too worried about this random person and what they thought about my career decision. But inside, I felt excited. Inside, I felt energized. But my interpretation of how others viewed it became way, 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 way more important than how I thought of it. And that's what reflected in my answer. And what happens when you do this, let's say you fall into a similar category. Maybe you want to start a business, an art business, and you come into this conversation with a very similar outlook. You're very passionate about it, but you're afraid of what other people might think. And when you kind of withhold that information from someone, you might lose out on an opportunity. Maybe that person could be best friends with an artist or is very interested in learning more about what you want to do. And all of a sudden, you might cut off that opportunity to network with a person or get to know that person better in general. And that's what I did in this situation. And I don't need to say it because you've probably heard it before. But the slogan for fear is false evidence appearing real. <laughs> I'm definitely certain that you've probably heard that at least once in your life. It's like one of those classic cliche lines. But it really was true in this moment because I don't know what this guy is like. I'm just perceiving how he's going to react to what I want to do and what I'm planning on doing and getting my coaching license. So tracing back a little bit, if you're someone that may have been going through the interview process and let's say you kept getting interviewed and said to yourself, why do I not love any of these job opportunities? Or this doesn't seem as exciting to me and you've begun thinking of doing something very out of the box, you might be in a similar boat, and that's totally fine. You have such a fire that's lit within you. You might not feel like other people understand. And then this feeling becomes so uncomfortable altogether that maybe, and this thought has popped through my mind, you would rather go to a place where you feel more comfortable by taking a job that might not excite you as much. And emphasis on you, because different people have different 
experiences with different things. Some people might want to go into finance and have that structure of a company. Other people might want to build something themselves. And either way is great as long as it's inspiring you or giving you fuel or motivating you every day to go to work. That's all that matters. But you might have been in the place where you became worried about opening yourself up to other people judging. And in response to that, one really inspiring and helpful video that my dad showed me recently was by Brene Brown. She talks a lot about vulnerability. She talks a lot about self-development. You know, I kind of love that type of stuff and watching that online and things like that. But she mentioned this saying by Teddy Roosevelt, and it was referred to as the man in the arena. And I won't say the quote, uh, but she alluded to the idea of being a person that shows up to the arena to play every day. And she mentioned Teddy's quote and said that the only guarantee for the person who willingly chooses to put themselves on the line and go into the arena is that they are going to get their asses kicked. And that's whether you're doing something that's really out of the box. That's whether you're doing something that you're really passionate about, going to work for this really big financial company or, or whatnot. This is the consequence of courage, she said. And it could be also waiting tables at a restaurant. If that gives you passion, if that gives you, you know, fuel in your life, being able to talk to so many different people, being able to help so many different people that come into your restaurant each day, then that is a great goal to have if you want to be a waiter or a waitress, or if you want to own your own restaurant or do certain things like that. Whatever it is, whether you want to teach, as long as you are, you know, finding joy in your life and looking to progress yourself and, you know, get to know so many different people, then you're going out to the arena every day. But if you're someone that is too afraid or is playing life small, doesn't want to do that teaching job or doesn't want to take advantage of an opportunity that comes their way, and you're judging the people out on the field who are giving it their out, putting their asses on the line, then your advice shouldn't matter to us. Your advice shouldn't matter to them. And I, perfect example of this. I do, and I do this all the time. Like I am definitely guilty of doing this. We watch a sports game. We're watching from like the nosebleeds. I usually sit the nosebleeds at a Yankee game or something like that. And we're watching these very, very talented players that have had such great success in their high school careers, their college careers, and now in their professional careers. They miss a pitch. They strike out looking, let's say in baseball. What do we say? Come on, you can't strike out looking. Why are they going to listen to a person that never even made it that far? Because it's true. Like, why are we the fans making and passing judgment on these people that have had so much experience in their field? They should not be taking advice from people that don't have that experience. So that's a perfect metaphor for anything that you want to do in your life. And if you're doing something you love, then maybe these people could take some constructive criticism and you can qualify yourself because you are doing something that you're passionate about, that you feel challenged by, and you're playing life big. So this might have made no sense to you. This might have made some sense to you. Maybe it made complete sense to you. But I think it's definitely a very important point is to be careful who you take advice from.
Another thing that I've noticed with people that judge career decisions and ambitious nature of it is that there's almost a fear involved in their judgment on their end. They try to bring you back down to a level that matches them. They might be insecure that they didn't take advantage of an opportunity or a business that they wanted to get into. Or they didn't take that, you know, waiter and waitress job at a dream restaurant they wanted to work at or something like that. And when you say that you want to start your own company or do something crazy, they remember that fear. And what did they do? They might have backed out because they were afraid. And if you go to this new place where you start your own company, you almost all of a sudden have a leg up on them, but also they might start to lose you because you start to put yourself in a whole new category of people that are willing to put themselves on the line. So almost it's hard to do this. And I struggle with this because I do, I do care what people think about me. But almost take it as a compliment if people are very judgmental about your career decisions because they themselves are insecure that they wouldn't make as ballsy of a decision that you are going to make. So to build off of that, be careful with who you share your dreams with. Because these conversations about what is next have been ramped up in the last couple months a lot more because we've graduated. And I've begun to see those people who have that limited mindset and have honestly, I have started to appreciate the judgment more looking back on it because it made me stronger. Not in the moment, I will say. It definitely hurt in the moment because I'm not used to that sort of judgment. But I've become much more wary of our friendship or relationship as a whole while also being appreciative of getting that feedback because it's definitely built that muscle of being able to have a thick skin. So again, be careful with who you share your dreams with because rejection of your dream doesn't mean it's stupid. It could mean that the person doesn't have enough knowledge or information. They aren't open-minded to the possibilities. And they also might be worried about losing you to more ambitious goals. So when you look at it that way, just realize that you're doing something right. You're putting yourself outside of your comfort zone to the point where people might feel a little jealous that they say that this idea is so far-fetched. Why are you doing that? Keep it going. Because they're trying to bring you down so that they can bring themselves up. So my tangent with that is over. Now, we're going to move on to different type of situations that people might be in. Because not all of you might be looking to start your own business or go into certain things like that, or are still looking to do something. Some people might not have their jobs completely, not know what they want, and that's totally fine. So if you don't have a job yet, and might not have an idea of what you want to do, allow yourself to realize that it's not a race. Because let's say someone who had a job lined up might get into it right after graduating. And they might not like it at all. They quit two or three months in and start the job search and need a job immediately to start paying rent. Whereas let's say you've been doing these side hustles throughout the school year to make enough money to travel over the summer and you don't have a job going into graduation. 
but you've had a couple really cool months of traveling opportunities and then you come back from those and start looking for a job and are patient. And you're riding that high from all those amazing experiences that you had. And then you find that job and you love it. Now, six months have passed. You love your job, didn't rush it. And now that person who was bragging a lot about their job is now unemployed and didn't have the same opportunities to travel like you did. So if you're still figuring it out, give yourself a break. What I've noticed in life is that there's always like a time frame, and I don't know where it comes from, but there is always a time frame about what the normal time to do things is. Graduating college, you got to graduate college around 22. Get married, you know, around 28 to 30. Have your kids from 30 to 35. Well, I know there's like a biological clock on that as well, but there's so many different areas of life that there's timelines. And... There's so many different types of people. How can we all have a very similar timeline? Looking back on it, it just doesn't make sense. Because like, if you don't finish college at 22, what if you've had a lot of family struggles pop up and you need to take time away? And I've heard people that say, if you don't have a job lined up after college, I don't know what you're doing. Why is that? Because think about it. Throughout school, we spend so much time trying to get good grades, stay on par, We can't always be looking for a job. We can't do everything. We have to realize that. There's so many shoulds. And then we sometimes get to the point where Tony Robbins says should all over themselves. (laughs) So allow yourself to appreciate going at your own pace and taking some time and going from there. Now, granted, there is a situation and there are situations where you definitely need to make money. And you need to you know, provide for your family. And that's totally understandable. You need to be able to help your siblings out and do things like that. And that is a completely understandable feeling to go through. But the one thing I will say about that is even in those situations, give yourself credit for trying. Because it's good to feel a little bit of anxiety when you need a job because you might need to pay next month's rent or you need to do certain things but also give yourself credit for being available and putting yourself out there and applying to jobs each day. If you apply to five jobs each day, be like, I applied to five jobs each day. I'm doing my part. I'm not just sitting around. So if you're in a place where you need to get a job and that's totally understandable, be able to give yourself credit for doing that because that is most important. Now, another scenario that which is great is that you have a job lined up after school. For those individuals, that's a tremendous accomplishment that you should be very proud of. And it honestly is amazing that you're able to go from structure in college and things like that to a job that provides that structure right out of the gate, that social community. And you should be really excited to be able to go from you know college to be able to go to that specific situation. Now, with that in mind, one thing that I think is really important is to reflect on your experiences with your new job. I would say like do weekly check-ins with yourself. Now that you have this job, track your progress. Start to measure it in different areas of your life. Am I socially fulfilled? Am I career-wise fulfilled? Financially fulfilled? Do I feel a sense of purpose in the workplace? Am I helping other people? And if you do weekly check-ins instead of monthly check-ins, 
it kind of speeds up the refractory period of improvement. So meaning you're able to kind of have more ideas and more knowledge about what it is that you want to improve in a quicker amount of time instead of doing it monthly or bi-monthly or things like that where you might not have as many check-ins and might not realize or come to the realization of what you want to improve whereas if you do it weekly you can kind of check in with yourself more often so all of these criteria can allow you to have consistent check-ins with yourself and to be able to appreciate the progress that you've been making with your job. It allows you to gain a full grasp on whether your job is trying and tying with your values as a person and if it's not. And if it's not, you can be able to evaluate and say, what has to happen in order for me to be able to have this job tying to values? And if it's more about the job, then be able to reevaluate what it is you want to do for your next step in your career. Now, I've talked a little bit about <laughs> these three different scenarios, and there could be other scenarios because every person is different. These are just the three that I've noticed most with people our age out of college. And all of the exciting, nerve-wracking, overwhelming feelings that a person out of school may be experiencing. And if you're in a place of unease, Please allow time to reflect and get a better understanding of what it is you want or allow yourself to not feel that sense of pressure that always feels like it enters into our lives. But if you're in a place where you need to make money and you need to be able to support for your family now that you've graduated, that is completely understandable. And as I mentioned, it is good to be able to feel a little bit of anxiety because it gets you to act in a certain way. It gets you to feel more motivated to act. But with that, pairing it with, as Ed Milet calls, I think it's blissful dissatisfaction, where you know you're not satisfied because you haven't received that job yet, but you're very at ease with how you have handled these situations and your progress that you've made by applying to certain jobs. So keep that in mind. Try and be blissfully dissatisfied if you're in a place where you need to find a job soon. And for those of those people who, you know, have that passion that's out of the box thinking and are self-conscious of what they want to do, recognize that people's judgment as almost a compliment because they may be worried that their dreams aren't as big as yours and they want to bring you down as a result to make themselves feel better. You've probably always heard the whole, you know, people try and bring you down um, to make themselves feel better. It's kind of a cliche, but... I do think it is true. And lastly, for those who have that job, embrace it. Don't be afraid to check in with yourself every week and see how you feel about it and how it ties into your values you have in your life. And one thing I will say about that, even if the first month you don't feel great about the job, I would say be a little bit patient with it. Give it some time and see if it, things start to change while you do those weekly checkups. So... For one of the last episodes here on 19-Year-Old Shrink, this is Will John Grande. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at 19-Year-Old Shrink Podcast or WJG23, which is my personal page on Instagram. Thank you so much, everyone, and hope you have a great rest of your day. Take care.